Welcome to Black and Brown, a podcast where three black guys get to share their love of bourbon. We talk about current events, we conduct interviews, and good old-fashioned shit-talking. Our hosts, Bill, Anthony, and Delvin, will keep you informed on what's going down with that brown. In this episode, we're kicking Black History Month into overtime and revisiting the role that African Americans played in the development and history of the American whiskey industry. And to break it down for us, we have the leading authority on the intersection of slavery and bourbon, Dr. Aaron Wiggins-Gilliam. Okay, sit back, grab a dram, and go back in time with us as we explore the Black Story Part 2. All right, so welcome to Black and Brown, uh, episode three, season three. Hey, this is episode two, bruh. Episode two, man. Welcome to Black and Brown, the podcast, episode two, season three. Am I right? Okay. Yeah, man. As always, I'm joined by my guys, uh, W.H. Stevens. Yes, sir. What's up, cousin? What's happening, fam? And Delvin Joyce, the people's choice. How are you, brother? What's the deal, fam? All right. And this is really special for us because this is the Black Story 2, and we are joined by Dr. Aaron Wiggins-Gilliam, our expert on the subject. Welcome, Dr. Gilliam. Oh, so excited. So excited to talk to you. Hey, everybody. Um, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to talk about burden with Black people. So let's do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes sir. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Yo, and we chased her down, by the way. So, I mean, oh, we, you if you remember, yeah. we referenced yeah. her on the Black Story 1. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that seemed like so long ago, too. It's yeah. like we've been, you know, we've been stalking her ever you since. You have not. Yes, because yeah. I, yeah. use, I use a lot of your material, um, a lot of your research for my, um, you know, for my content for that show. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. a hard hustle. Yeah. Very hard exactly. hustle. Yeah, yeah. Bill, Bill was and hanging out in your shrubbery. Name. I mean, yeah. you just, just be careful yeah, when you man. come home. Yeah, man. <laughs> I am recovered and well and back working. And that was one of the first things I did. So I'm like, I'm ready. Nice. Yeah, awesome. 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 We're glad awesome. to have you, you coming on. Yes. Yeah. So um, before we get into it, we're going to talk a little bit about, um, we have three questions we ask our guests, right? Okay, the standard cool. three questions. Um, do you want to give us a little bit of background? Um, you know. Okay. Um, I am an associate professor of history. I teach for the most part, 95% um, African-American, Afro-Latin diaspora, uh, diaspora studies. Um, Kentucky State is a historically black college. Yeah. So most of my students are students of color and I get the pleasure of teaching black history at a historically black college. It's a, uh, my favorite job i love it mm. um i literally love it like i tell everybody i have like the highest job satisfaction of everybody i know that's awesome um i'm also the dean of the honors college and i've been doing like a little i've started in the last year doing well you're probably gonna ask me that about my bourbon research oh wait yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no 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 space no this, this is your interview, organic man. yeah we yeah, just yeah. ride through it you went to kentucky state undergrad too though right i did i'm a proud oh. k-state graduate okay. yeah and so are you from Frankfurt? Are you from Frankfurt or did you come from other other part of Kentucky? No, so my parents are army. Both of my parents are military. So I got to move around um, different states, different countries. And I just happened to be living in Kentucky my senior year in high school. And I wanted to go to HBCU. Oh, um, okay. Like you said, it was my choice. And so my attachment, my teaching, my love for it, for the area is personal. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know I could be a black woman 
with a PhD in Kentucky wow. State. Show oh, me. that's dope. That's powerful. Yeah, that, that is, is dope. Man. That is dope. Just saying, is that what kind of led you to the research to um, begin researching in bourbon because you were in Kentucky and then just the surrounding areas? Definitely. Um, the led me to the research was here I am. So my, I, I researched <clears throat> bourbon, you know, I'm still learning to drink bourbon and appreciate bourbon. Oh, I, love, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love stories about black people. When you think about everything in this country, the contributions, uh, we've, we've done everything, bourbon, mm-hmm. everything. Right. And so that's what attracted me to it is just telling the black bourbon story, telling the story about African-American contributions. So I had a friend reach out to me, um, He's the VP of the Black Kentucky Black Bourbon Guild. And he was like, hey, um, I'm at Buffalo Trace and we're trying to get this festival together. And we want to do a small segment on Black history. And I'm like, well, I've never researched um, bourbon before, but I'm a trained historian. And so the next thing I know, I start going through archives and I start getting oral histories. Mm. And it's just, you know, I love the bourbon, but it's the stories and the journeys that it, it has truly taken me on. Okay, so so what your friend introducing you into um, kind of the black history aspect of it, was there one bourbon in particular? Because this is one of the three questions we like to ask our guests. What is the, the one bourbon that made you fall in love with the brown that kind of put you on the path to kind of liking the spirit? Uh, I'm going to go brand. I'm going to say Buffalo Trace. Oh, there it is. Oh, that's yeah. it. There you um, go. Right. Let me say that's why. Up. I'm going to say Buffalo <laughs> Trace because yeah. they were the first distiller uh, distillery to invite me to their archives. Really? Oh, yeah. The yeah. first one. The first one to invite me to their archives to tell the story. And um, other companies now, of course, you know, they followed suit and I've gone to Brown. Of course. Right. Of course but Buffalo Trace was the very first one. And that's because I live and work in, or work in Frankfurt. Yeah. Okay. Um, you think that was it? Or do you think it, it was something else that led them to to reach you out to come in and uh, check out their, their archives? I think they just, you know, I think there's a genuine interest of African-American contribution, of the African yeah. contribution. I still think, uh, you know, bourbon is definitely a business. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Right. So, you know, every, yeah, every company. To expand has, that market. Yeah. Every, yeah, yeah. They want to make sure they stroke their market and, you know, keep their market happy. And black people drink bourbon, despite what the stereotype says. We drink bourbon. Absolutely. Right, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they were the first company to invite me. So. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm always say they're my favorite, but but it's based off the history of it, not necessarily the smoothness. Or what am I looking for? Boldness? Or what do y'all say? Yeah. All, <laughs> all of the it. flavor. All, yeah, all, all of it. The flavor. The richness. Yeah. Yes, richness, everything. But you are, you are, from my understanding, a tequila girl. Is that right? I am. Oh, man. Wow. All right. Oh, all right. So, so, so we're going to push back on that a little bit. So, so how did that happen? And why yeah. have you not matriculated into <laughs> bourbon? <Mature. laughs> <laughs> you wanted to say, you wanted to say matured into bourbon. Um, no, I wanted to say matriculate. <laughs> yes, so, it's your doctor. No. Now. <laughs> When I go to bourbon events, of course, I drink whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I, my family, we celebrate with alcohol. So I drink bourbon. I do. I'll drink it. I'll drink an old fashioned. Nice. Okay. Yeah, there um, we go. So, you know what I mean? But my personal, if I'm going to take shots and have a good time or if I'm having a get together or a kickback, you ask me what to, what to bring. I'm, I love George Clooney's new tequila. Um, Patron, of course. Mm, but right. I'm just, I like tequila chill. Oh, oh nice. okay. What okay. is that? What is a tequila chill? Just 
look, I don't have anything special. And you guys do meat and one cube and burn. I just put it in the freezer and take it out and pour it in my shot glass. Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> just tequila chill. Shield, yeah, That's just, not just, the name of a yes, cocktail. Yes, just, yes. Yes. No, straight the temperature lowered, Delvin. Just, uh, you I, I, know. Was like, I was like, yo, a tequila chill, that kind of sounds kind of dope. Actually. Just make it ice cold <laughs> so it warms up in your body when you yeah. get that shot. Yeah. All right. So, so I have a recommendation for you. All right. So since you are a tequila girl, so your favorite distillery, Buffalo Trace, has a brand of bourbon called George T. Stack. Right. All right. Mm-hmm. There is a tequila called Corazon Expresiones, and they age their tequila in used George T. Stack barrels from Buffalo that. Trace. So yes. Wow. That might okay. be one you want to cop. Yeah. Look at that guy. And I think what's also <laughs> cool about it, I'm going to try that. I'm definitely going to try that. Um, <laughs> Brown Foreman invited me to do their Black History Month last year before COVID. And instead of giving me bourbon, they gave me their distillery's uh, tequila. I cannot remember the name of it, tequila. Oh, wow. And it was pretty good. Yeah, oh, nice. Really? Very nice. Do they age it? Like, do they finish it in like a bourbon barrel? or? Is I'm it- not even sure. I just Everybody now just knows I'm the bourbon girl that likes tequila. So they all try to give me their tequila. <laughs> 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 The tequila oh, bourbon awesome. girl, huh? The tequila bourbon girl. <laughs> I'm a trademark. Yes, yes, yes. Go ahead, do that. So when you first went to Buffalo Trace and started researching their archives, and of course their oral history, did you get a chance to sit down and talk to Freddie Johnson? And was he instrumental in giving you some background on the distillery? How cool so is that? So even before, um, I, so my dad who passed two years ago, he wanted to do a bourbon trail. The mm. And we happened to go on a weekend and it was actually snowing. It was maybe 2016. Uh, we happened to go and uh, Freddie Johnson was our, just by chance, our, our tour guide. Wow. What? And yeah, so I had awesome. heard, yeah, and it was like a really- Did you buy a lottery ticket after that, that tour? <laughs> I know, right? And it was a really <laughs> cool experience and we got to do the whole bourbon ball and I like, I, I, I cherish it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And so to get that, um, to have that experience and actually, I, of course I've, you know, I uh, met Mr. Johnson before and I've read plenty and watched his interviews. But I actually, before I even got in suburban, I actually got to take a tour with my dad, who was a who was a extreme bourbon enthusiast. Oh, um, nice. Um, with uh, with Mr. Freddie Johnson. So that was like super dope. Oh, that was yeah. Cool. Yeah, super man. Praise the goat. Yeah, he's our goat, man. Yeah, yeah we. We just, cause you know, um, watching Neat and whenever mm-hmm. the first time I watched Neat and I saw him and, you know, knowing that he was black, that really brought me into that story. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really, I mean, it, I mean, I, I mean, I, I remember pausing that, that show and getting close to my TV to make sure that he was black. Cause <laughs> where I was, he looked black, but I was making sure, you know what I mean? So yeah. just a little light skinned. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, just a little light skinned. Yeah. But definitely, man, he was one of the, I mean, I just loved his stories. He's a great storyteller. And he's yeah, like a and very, he's so you know, welcoming. You want to be he's around like a him. genuine dude, man. And, and I've, you know, um, had the pleasure of meeting him twice. So mm. it's, it's nice. But, you know, I want to get him in, in like a space like this yeah. eventually. You know what yeah, I mean? We, that's definitely a goal to have him on and yes. get to talk to him in this space because that'd be so dope. Absolutely. We're actually working on another project. Um, we kind of. COVID kind of halts, uh, halted us, but we're working on another project of African-American cemeteries in Frankfurt, Franklin County, Woodford County, which is the smaller counties outside of Kentucky State. And just to hear the history, uh, 
to hear his stories and how he, the conversations, and yeah. even outside of Burma, he, he's like a storyteller. And he, he just, is. He's a he's a true man of history, and I just yeah. you know what I mean. I hope I hope when it comes to history that generations after, like we sit down at the feet of people and listen. Yeah. yeah. True story. He's yeah. a gifted. And then like a lot of our history is like that passed down from stories mm-hmm. from my ancestor telling somebody and we're passing on those those records. So a lot of our stories come from, you know, conversations like that with with our elders. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's not and written that's down. The coolest part about doing the bourbon history, because, you know, uh, Sazerac, um, Brown Foreman, Buffalo Trace, other companies, they're going to invite me into their archives. But remember, we know it's a business, right? Sure. So I'm only going to see. What they what want you, you to, want see. Me to see. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right. And not saying that anybody has scrubbed their, you know what I mean? I'm not saying definitely that anyone has scrubbed um, their archives or anything because I, you know, I want them to invite me back. But, you know, <laughs> I don't think anybody has scrubbed their archives intentionally. But when I think about the, the bourbon story, one of the cool parts is that, like I got to meet uh, uh, Elmer. Allen, oh, right? Allen, yep, yep. Yep, the first black chemist for yep. Brown oh, Foreman. Allen, That's yep. dope. Yeah. Yep. And when I got off stage, I was speaking at Brown Foreman, she hugged me. Yes. And she was like, thank you for doing that. And that meant to me more than any, like, crown jewel I could have got at an archive or anything. Yeah. And I got wow. to take sure. pictures with her. And then um, it was snowing. It was in Louisville last year. When I got home, before I could even make it into my driveway, she had called to make sure that I had made it home safe. Oh, no, oh that's awesome. Oh, that's that's awesome. awesome. And yeah. so I think about those experiences, and I think about, like, um, people have called me, and I, I'll go to their house, and they'll give me sweet tea. And maybe it's not in a, uh, a industry, a distillery's archives, but they'll sit down and tell me their family story about oh, nice. how they were in the bourbon industry or um, I met with a family and they're, uh, I'm still trying to trace it and verify it, but they they were br- uh, black and Jewish and their mm. family was a, I don't know about a master distiller, but was distilling bourbon in their West End Louisville home. And I'm oh. working on verifying the story and yeah. I traveled and just sitting, I've gone to um, Hodgenville, Kentucky and someone has sat down with me, allowed me to walk on their land that was um, said to be the site of a distillery and, see a still from the 1880s, the 1880s. And that, like, I've had those experiences. That's oh. the world to me. Oh, very nice. That is dope. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, I mean, it's, I love the way the conversation went immediately into the history and everything you're finding. So we already um, found out what, what kind of led you into the catalyst, but in your history and your research and everything, has it given you any indication to what other enslaved people did during the distilling process in the history archives? So you know how it's going to work. You know the archives. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> the archives are not going to say uh, Aaron Wiggins Gilliam, di- master distiller. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think, and uh, Mr. Freddie Johnson and I have had that conversation that uh, African-Americans, Black people, I think we did everything. From mm. making the barrels to painting the fences to being the master distillers, to when I think about our contribution and just when I think about us in other aspects of maybe more documented history, we did every single thing. So why would the bourbon industry be any different? Right. Correct. Um, I look at like uh, I've looked at a bill of sale from um, Central Kentucky, and a enslaved African uh, was leased to a distillery in his area 
for twice the amount as other enslaved Africans and a fourth of the amount more than the white day laborers. Yeah, Gardner, right? Uh, yes, Gary, Gar- Gary Gardner, yes, right? Gary Gardner, yep. Yeah. So when I look, when I think about those things, and you know what I mean, those are indicative of that black people are doing this. We were, you know what I mean? That, and we yeah. weren't just, and not just to like dismiss or anything, like working the fields. We had every single role in this, in, in every part of society. Right. Urban included. Absolutely. Doesn't it feel, I, I guess it feels a bit like you're also a detective with this telling these stories and trying to piece together these histories, right? Well, um, I'm a black woman. I exactly. But I'm saying just, just like you said that there was no, there was no name, but just noticing the different in value of how much he was rented out for. You knew he was prominent in what he was doing at that. Distillery. Right. And um, Gary Gardner who invited me, but I've that story. I've, I've had that experience one other time too, where I looked at a bill of sale and they were working at a local distillery, which is now, you know, there were over 200 that you have debunked or merged or went bankrupt and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Got, and yeah. so that, that happens. And so we have to look at unofficial, we have to look at documents that aren't necessarily going to say, mm-hmm. but we have, it's a, yeah, it is being a detective and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to sniff it out. I'm going to figure it out. Um, I think one of the things, though, with bourbon industries and when I think about bourbon, com- bourbon industries, bourbon companies and like, you know, organizations like uh, guilds and all that, they want you to know the story right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and history is a journey. History is a process. Right. You know, it's going to lead me from one next mystery to the next mystery, to the next archive, to the next family's couch that's going to. One day I'm just going to be reading something that's going to be about something else. I'm like, hold on, that's bourbon. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, so your journey, has it all, um, all been in Kentucky or have you kind of like branched out, you know, beyond Kentucky, like Tennessee or anything like that? So I have not. Um, okay. I have remained in Kentucky, but I will say I started um, this in August of 2019. Oh, right. wow. Wow. Um, or July of 2019. And then of course COVID hit us. And yeah. so, um, and then I spent a couple of months in a- or two months in Africa right before that. So it was just, I haven't really had the chance to branch out, um, as like boots on the ground. Of course, you know, I've talked to people, right. Uh, talked to other companies. Um, I've even talked to some companies who have reached out to me after the George Floyd incident bourbon companies and other um, spirit companies reached out to like talk about diversity and African-American contribution. But I cannot wait for this to be over pandemic in that sense, just so that I can, when I talk about people, when I talk about my people, I want to do it in person. I want to, I want to look through your sources. Um, And to be honest, you know, people like Miss Allen, uh, you know, the chemist, you know, they don't want to zoom. (laughs) <laughs> you know? no, no. <laughs> and I they don't want to film anymore right they want to bring right. you in and, and you know yeah. Yeah. Your face and, and uh, give you pound cake yes. yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, um, I have sat on someone uh, where was I in central uh, no the tour almost Tennessee and I've sat for four hours and we talk about everything else in the last 40 minutes is bourbon but I can appreciate the connection and the family history sure yeah, absolutely. It's just a different, different generation. I feel it's more they want to be. I don't want to say like you know how you sit around in the comfortable group telling mm-hmm. the story and and like you said, Bill, given that verbal lineage of 
the history yeah. you're passing down. Yeah. And, you know, you're, you're giving us something like we didn't have before, just us trying to learn the whole industry and it being, you know, the reason we started this because there was no black faces we saw in the industry. Right. You feel me? So you, you were just like a breath of fresh air and just opened our eyes. And the, right. and the main thing, too, is like, you know, again, with bourbon, everybody loves the backstory. So everybody tries to create this backstory, put it on their bottle in some way and package that up and sell it. And there really is no one really telling the black story right. except for maybe Uncle Nearest and now, you know, Dr. Dr. Aaron. And so when you when you think about the, the black story of bourbon, um, do you has any of your research gone beyond the United States and maybe into some of these skills that these people brought with them from their native lands, their indigenous lands like Africa or the Caribbean? Um, have you gone that deep with your research at this point? No, I'll be honest. I haven't. I would love to. Um, you know, I, I told you I do diaspora and African diaspora. So but when I think about, you know, the fact that we were probably or no, definitely master <laughs> distillers in the 1880s. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, we had to bring that from Africa. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Um, we had to bring production, um, agriculture. Um, I think that sometimes when we talk about bourbon and we talk about spirits, we forget about the foundation of ag mm. in this billion dollar industry. And that, you know, we want to talk about urban renewal. We want to talk about inner city African-Americans. But before we we went off to New York and St. Louis, and all, we were in, we were on the farms. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, right. yeah. We were, we were on we were in North Carolina and Alabama and Louisiana. And then of in course, South Carolina. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, from. My parents are from North Carolina and South Florida. You know what I mean? And so when I yeah. think about that, before we fled into larger cities and industry and all of that, we were on these farms and agriculture was the heart of the black community. Mm-hmm. And that is traced to our a- African ancestry. We, we, when we were brought to this country as enslaved, um, it, as enslaved, I'm teaching my nine-year-old that too, instead of yeah. saying slaves as school. Yeah, we, slaves. We, we had that conversation earlier. Yeah, I got corrected earlier. I can't stand that. I can't stand that word when they phrase it like that. I, yes. Enslaved. Yeah. Correct. Right. And so I'm teaching my nine-year-old. I'm like, okay, they're enslaved. Right. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. when we talk about, you know, people that were, uh, our people that were brought here, we were enslaved. And I, you know, we, and from, even though we, rice didn't start in um, Africa, we perfected it. We perfected mm-hmm. the art of making, of, producing rice and corn and wheat. We we did that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Correct. And don't forget about, about peanut butter. Spent, don't forget about peanut butter. Oh, I'm sorry. Peanut butter and potatoes. I know it's off topic, but you know, I love <laughs> yes. that guy. <laughs> and we we talk about that and we talk about but we talk about it in a in a substance, in a food stance, but we cannot leave out spirits. We cannot right. leave out yes. bourbon. We did that. Absolutely. We killed that. We and we still are. We don't. They don't talk it. about it, but we we're doing that. Absolutely, right. absolutely. So, in um, in some of your research that you've gone through all these, you know, archives of of these distilleries, what's the most interesting thing or fact that you found out, or anything that you were like, oh wow, I didn't even know that. Like, you know, the most interesting thing that you you found in 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 doing some of your research. I think um, you have brought up Gary Gardner. I think. Yeah. His perception um, 
and how to look at the different deeds of self that the historian in me appreciated that. Um, And just how he went about getting that story. It also showed me that it was a lens to other stories that are Mm -hmm. here. Um, And I know they're in Kentucky, they're in Tennessee, they're in, you know what I mean? Everywhere. Yep. Right. Um, So I think that was the most interesting technique thing for me. Uh, I think the most, I think the barreling process is kind of sexy to me. Oh, really? really? What, what the Cooperage? I mean, like people that make the barrel, like the but jar? Yeah, or? and I got to see that, and then I got to touch it. And so, like, they, <laughs> people take me back, you know, on the back, I don't want to call it the background or whatever, the behind the scenes. Right. And I get to touch it and smell it. And oh, wow. I even have like a little uh, pencil holder on my desk that's out of an old bourbon barrel. And I get to, uh, yeah. a company gave it to me. I can't remember which one now. And I, you could smell it and just how they melt the stuff. The the steel onto the barrel. That's kind of that, I don't something about that is super sexy. Oh wow! So oh, what'd wow. you do that? So what'd you do that? The whole Cooperage thing. I mean, where did you do that? Um, what distillery? I, do you remember? I don't. They're all. It's the one in Lexington. Oh, one in Lexington. Okay. Um. Huh. No worries. Uh, I was just I was just curious because you know um Old Forester you know they do their own Cooperage so I, I was just thinking it might have been them. That's all. And then, um, like, they're literally all starting to run together. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you and, in the land. I mean, you and I mean, you in the motherland of all yeah, the right, in the middle of it. I yeah. mean, the mecca. Right? Yeah. We, we might have to. We might have to use you as a plug. What's up? You down? I'm <laughs> down. And you know, it's so. This is so like, like. Uh, so during COVID, you know, everybody was like trying to get restaurant reservations, and you could only do like a limit of so many or whatever. And so I had friends coming in town during the summer and they were like, hey, Aaron, but all the reservations are booked. And I just called restaurants and I was like, hey, um, I'm a bourbon historian. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm a bourbon historian. Wow. And I was like, you could Google some of my articles. I do a little research about bourbon. You know, I just, I'm trying to get a, a spot in your restaurant just so that I can, you know, uh, write a story or whatever. Right. All of a sudden, we had reservations. <laughs> what? Hey, now, uh, now we know why we had to chase her down. For yeah, that. That's now dope. we know, man. Now yeah, we know. Yeah, okay. Now we know. Now it makes sense. <laughs> so so you like a leader. So like, you- look, I know y'all want to order martinis and tequila <laughs> and margaritas, but I need you guys to order like at least one round of birds. Yeah, <laughs> one round of old fashions or something. One round. One round. <laughs> wow. By the way, she's gonna she's gonna be a bourbon girl by the by the time this is over. You're going to be a bourbon girl. I'm on my way. I, we can tell. Yeah, I'm yeah. on my way. So what brands so, do you like so far? I mean, I mean, what, you know, what have you tried that you, I mean, you like as far as the bourbon when it comes to bourbon? So, um. Uh, Buffalo Trace, we know. I mean, you, Buffalo you said, Trace, yeah. yeah. Um, and, which is, I'm a Kentucky girl, but, uh, Uncle Nearest. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. know. I'll be honest. I'm not... Now, I could talk about history of bourbon all day, but when it comes to taste, bold, I'm still developing that. I'm actually taking a sure. class right now. Nice. Oh, really? Where? Where? Where are you going? <laughs> the Kentucky, you just the virtual Kentucky Black Bourbon Guild. Oh, nice, nice. Oh, awesome. um, so I'm just to develop my palate and all those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking um, I like Uncle Nearest, but I don't know if that's my bias, though, of the historian and Black girl in me. Yeah. No, okay no, 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 no. Yeah. Uncle Nearest is pretty good, man. <laughs> yeah, Uncle the 1956 is, is pretty good. Yeah. And which is so y'all going to talk about me. So I have three bottles. Okay. <laughs> but do you have the 1820 though? I do. And, what? It's, not, and oh. it's signed. 
by Fawn Weaver. Nice. What? What? You, oh, man. That is you, dope. Man, you're hurting my feelings right now. You're killing so, me. And you're one killing of my friend, me right now. Mike, he's like, I was like, am I supposed to open this? Am I supposed to drink it? Drink Mike was like, no, don't open. No, nah, Mike's like, no, nah, keep that close. Yeah, yeah, like, nah. Well, at first when I texted him, I said, hey, am I supposed to, am I supposed to open this? Am I supposed to drink it? And he was like, well, I drink all my bourbon. And I, then I told, I sent him a picture of what it was. And he I was like, like nah. I like Mike. He like, nah, E. <laughs> he like, nah, E, you don't open that one. And no. then um, they sent me a bottle that I could open. Nice. Oh, nice. So, nice. so you have two bottles of 1820? No, I have only one bottle of 1820. Oh. And then the other one was with the 1856. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's what I'm drinking right now. And the, and the yeah, I was like, you know what? We got, we got Dr. E on. I got to have some Uncle Nir. So you, you actually... It's a great segue to our next question. So you, you know, obviously the the uncle nearest story br- brought a lot of prominence to the role that that black people played in the bourbon industry, um, as well as your research. But so in in your estimation, are there any other like really prominent black figures um, from, you know, the beginning of bourbon that should have their name on a bottle? Now I'm down with Dr. El- uh, Elmer Luis Allen. Yeah, Allen. Right? Because there's another famous Elmer on a bottle, um, <laughs> right? So any other prominent names that you know these people deserve a bourbon brand? Um, if the story, uh, WH, you were talking about Gary Gardner. If that story can be verified. Yeah, and run then that um, then that should be. I think so. Dope. Yeah, dope. Yeah. What distillery did he did he work for? He was he, leased out to like different ones. I mean, he, he didn't. Out I mean, to he, different ones. Yeah, he, he was he was owned by the last one where the bill of sale. He was leased out. Now you're gonna ask me, and I'm gonna be like, ugh. We're okay, not gonna start you to lie. We're not gonna start you to lie. We can always circle back. You know what I'm saying? This is just so interesting, though. Yeah, it's a Weller. Gary Weller. Really? Weller. Weller. Oh, Stitzel yeah. Weller. Stitzel Weller Company. Yes. So, wow. Like, it just has to be completely um, verified, which uh, Gary Gardner has done a wonderful job uh, yeah. doing that. Just, But um, the Weller, yeah, like if that can be, if that story can be <sighs> verified, that is our uncle nearest. And um, his name was actually Daniel Ford. But during emancipation or when um, enslaved Africans were emancipated. Yeah. During emancipation, Mm -hmm. he moved to Cincinnati or and he changed his last name. Oh, okay. Which we know, you know, a lot of us as African-Americans, once we got into freedom, we changed our last name. And then, you know, I talked to my students about that. When we changed our last name, it was a sign of showing independence and all that. But then it also came hard to, for historians when it comes to writing histories right. and family members tracking and things like that. Yeah. Mess up the whole 23 and me and everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, so his, his name was <laughs> Daniel Ford or. So his name, we believe uh, yep. was Daniel Ford. Okay. And his master, we believe was Daniel Chastain. Daniel Chastain. Okay. Wow. Why do I know that name? That's dope, man. Uh, I hope I hope that can be verified. Let that, I really that legacy hope, live. I mean, you know what I mean? Weller is one of my favorites. Weller is one of the best weeded bourbons, and that would make so much sense to us. Oh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I would Stay love dropping that gems. Oh but that oh, distillery now is producing like Blade and Bow. They're not even, I mean, Stitzel Weller is not 
even really making right they sold that weller brand off to buffalo trace so yep 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 to, to yeah, yep. But still they i'm sure they would have to honor that legacy of course you know what i mean I hope, I yeah, hope so. you would hope they would, so they would, you would hope to. so but you never they, know they don't want that kind of heat they that would, would be, be fire that would be fire so gary you know uh gardner he he shared that story and he's allowed me to share that story with other people um but i have like two more 1.5 of the stories i just need to verify mm. that are maybe pretty similar and pretty close to that. Oh, and so wow. I, when I think about that, I think about, because you know, we talked about oral history and how we pass down our history from generation to generation. So I got to figure out how to document that. Okay. And I, I think we're there. Like we're like super close. And I'm curious. Cause I love that. I love that terminology, oral history. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm a simple guy. I'm very basic Dr. E. So <laughs> I've never heard that terminology before, honestly. And I, that's probably embarrassing, but <laughs> no, it's not. So, so when you think about oral history as a historian, um, like I would imagine that's kind of like playing telephone, right? By the time you get to the end, the story's yeah. changed so much that, yeah. so as a historian, it, I, number one, that's got to be frustrating to only have oral history to rely on. And number two, how do you sort of vet through what's like myth and what is actual fact? That That's what I have to do. That's my job. I mean, that's what I'm trying to do. But I think that just in talking to my students and my, my own children, that there is no one truth. Mm. Um, there is no capital T truth. Everyone has a perspective, perspective. Everyone has a history and everyone has a truth. And so that I'm going to tell that truth and oral history can be frustrating in that sense, but it doesn't take away from the power of the story Mm -hmm. um, and the power of the influence of black people. Now, you know, when we, when we start talking about stories or, you know, you get with your friends, girl, nah. You know, last family reunion, it was, well, he was 20 feet. Then he was 40, you know, and then the story gets bigger and bigger. So, of course, course. some investigation has to be done. Um, But I think at the heart of of telling the story and the heart of maybe even our exaggeration, which I'm a queen of dramatics and exaggeration, (laughs) um, there is at the bottom, not even the bottom, at the center of that is the truth. Yeah. So yeah. There is something, you know, and now, you know, it might be, well, no, my, my great great uncle was enslaved, had created, he was the master distiller. He was a sommelier. He did it all. And maybe not all of that, but at the <laughs> center of right. that, there <laughs> right, is a true yeah. story of black. Yeah, he had, a, yeah, he had a nice palate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, but, but, but Big Mama always had the truth. Yeah. <laughs> always so, got the truth. Our black you- church moms. I, I have to ask just a quick question. Are you considering the amount of research you're doing? Are you doing this solo or you have a team with you helping? I don't. Oh, and what? what? Um, are you so, funded? Are you funded by the, these um, distilleries or by Kentucky State? Or and that, Here, let me answer the first question. <laughs> <laughs> so to be honest, um, I am... If I get an opportunity, I will take a upperclassman history major to okay. the archives uh, with me. Nice. Um, some companies also don't want students in their archives, which is understandable. Right. Hmm. Um, so 
honestly, most of the research has been done on my own. There are company archivists for almost every single company. But what I've noticed in companies that have archivists, they're also their PR person or are attached to their PR public relations uh, part of their company. So, you know, Uh, it's kind of hard to PR. This is my personal opinion. PR and history. How do they coexist? But whatever. Right. Exactly. I always yeah. say, man, history is written by the winner, right? I mean, right, they always right. try to guide whatever, you know, whatever story they want you to know. Yeah. So that, you know, I struggle, I struggle with that. So, um, and then am I funded? No. Uh-huh. So anytime that, you know, when people invite me for diversity trainings or invite me to come do a Black History Month, which I'm going to say that in another thing too, like, why well, I only get invited during Black History Month? But that's Correct. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey. So they do pay me for that, like to come out, they'll pay me right. for those. But when I drive to people's homes or I drive to archives back and forth, that's on my own dollar and on my own time. Wow. 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 I mean, I, I don't think we've ever done like we've ever said to our listeners on the podcast, open up the door, like, yo, if you want to donate to a no. you know what I mean? No, I mean, you know, because this is straight up. This is history. This is new yeah. history. This is history you thought we'd lost. You feel me? I mean, like you said, everybody drinks bourbon. You know, we yeah. drink bourbon. And it's kind of been, I guess, the path that we're on have put us in good places to meet good people. Mm-hmm. So it's not, not would, wouldn't be unheard of to say, hey, how can we help out? You know what I mean? Yo, and, the, and, and, and I was going to say the other thing is like, you know, other people can Google their history. Right. Mm-hmm. And we, we actually have somebody here who is actually trying to discover our history so we can Correct. so we can actually make it Googleable, and yeah, we should right. support that because right. it, um, the plug you you actually gave me this meme and I referenced it, but it said, you know, slavery is white history. How we survived it is black history. Mm-hmm. That's a fact, right? yo. That's and we fact. got somebody in real time trying yeah. to write that history. I think right. that's phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. I do so, like my autonomy, though. So I like, do I think uh, companies, museums will fund me if I pushed hard enough? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I like being an independent scholar and I yeah. don't ever want to be in a position I where I have to tell the story from your perspective. You know what I mean? I'm going to tell yeah. it. If you saw the money, that's what I'm, I'm going to tell. Not that, <laughs> that, you know that's what, what I mean? we say about a sponsor. Like, yeah, do we really want to get a, a spon- distiller to sponsor our podcast? Because then we have to like your juice. And if we don't right. like your and juice, we don't like you know, your juice then, we, you know, then we're stuck. We can't be critical. Correct. Exactly. So, can't be critical. I mean, if you're like, like, hey, like, you know, Judas and the Black Messiah, all power to the people. You yeah. know, wherever there's people, there's power. So, you know, wherever yeah. people listen, they want to donate, you know, throw a couple of dollars in yeah. later on after we get done talking. Maybe Dr. Gilling can tell you how to get uh, some, some juice her way to help out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. You pay, everybody pay everybody need a gas card. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you know what, though? You know what, though? I mean, I think it's super dope that all these um, companies, these distilleries reach out to you. I mean, you yeah. know, I mean, they ask for you. I mean, so you're like the leader in this game of this, you know, history when it comes to bourbon. Like, um, I've definitely met what I've had the opportunity. I've definitely met uh, Andrea Merriweather. I don't know if you guys have ever had the opportunity to sit down with her. No. Um, uh, Miss Von Weaver, of course. Um, Another wish list. Yeah, she's on the wish list as well. Yeah. We had you first, though. You were 1A, Fonz 1B. Hey, I'll take it. Hey, no. I'll put that on my blurb for my book. <laughs> So do you write books? I mean, are you are you are you writing a book now? Or are you? So that's the goal. So yes. I am an 
I am a full-time um, academic. And so even though, you know, academics, we don't get paid necessarily all the time. The goal is to write a book. Mm-hmm. The goal is to, um, I am tenured, but the goal is oh. to get promotion. Um, and the way that happens in academia or whatever, well, I thought that's the way it happened, but then I see Harvard won't give it to Cornell West. So whatever. <laughs> um, but the way it is supposed to happen, my scholarship, my book writing is supposed to be able to usher me into the door and I can go to Harvard, Princeton, Howard, Kentucky State. So the goal is always a book. It's always an article. It's always something groundbreaking that I hit before somebody else hit. Right. That, that's yeah. the, that's the, that's what pushes me. Not that right. any, the, the competition does push me. Like if sure. I get to say, this is the story I found. This is the story I verify. This is what the archives say. And this is how I found it. That, that'll be worth it. Yeah, but you were featured in uh, Forbes magazine, so I mean that's that's dope. It, yeah, it was it's cool, but you know I'm I'm trying to get like the all expense paid trip to like Ireland and oh, <laughs> that's Africa. what I'm talking about. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm talking nice. about. That's Africa and do the. <laughs> I mean, we'll fly you to Charlotte. I mean, you know. <laughs> it's, I mean, just get my mom lives in Concord. I'll come from Concord. Just give me the oh, word. What? I live in Concord. That's right next door. That's, what? I'm like two Seriously? seconds from that. <laughs> yeah, my mom lives in Concord. So. Oh, wow. That Small world. Right, Don't tell us when you come visit. Don't yes. have these people stalking yes. outside your mama's house. <laughs> <laughs> Which, it's right by Concord Mills. That's where we're like, we oh, damn, man. Oh, yeah, man. I yeah, I, yeah I, man, that's that's right down the street from I me. I can walk there. Yeah, so, us, us too. <laughs> that, that is hilarious. This is going to be a bad situation. Have, I do have kind of an off-topic question. This isn't about bourbon, but you made me think of something. So we got, you know, you said that Black people have been everywhere. We're back in the White House, right? We got Kamala mm-hmm. in the White House. And, you know, you're an AKA. And I know all the Divine Nine, everybody was so supportive while the campaign was going on. But I'm just curious, and you don't have to answer this, right? You can play it safe. Are the Delta still being that supportive about Kamala, or are they? Is it back to? Is it back to the old? The old? No, no answer. No answer. No answer. Dude, it's funny. It's about who run the yard, man. It's, it's about who, who run, run the yard. yard. We run the yard. Oh. Over, who run the yard? Uh, I saw so many. You know, never mind. Let's keep funny, it funny, man. We run the yard. No, I, black 06, women. Are black women. Everybody and else is just too late. Pink and green for the day I die, but I love black women supporting other women. That okay. that that's that's cool. No doubt, no doubt. All right, I had to get that off my chest. I'm, I'm <laughs> glad you got it off. So I have a question. Um, with with all the the new um, bourbon brands being started by black and brown folks, you know, there's a few out there that are new in the industry. Have any of them reached out to you for information, guidance, anything like that? Anything as far as legacy? I, I don't know, like, I want to say, like, reach out, but there has been definitely conversations that I've had with Fresh Bourbon. Okay. Is, oh, nice. Okay. Um, they're in, they're in Lexington, Louisville. right? Or in Lexington, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lexington. Uh, Lexington. And uh, we are all kind of, I live in Lexington, so we're all in the same circles. We've been on a couple oh, of nice. interviews together, a couple of panels. Um, and that, I'm excited about that. Mm. And just not even the, um, of course, the bourbon of it, but the economic impact that True. it's going to bring to Lexington and that it is black owned. <clears throat> it is black. Um, the owner or the, the husband, Sean 
he owns the the con the, the construction company, I believe. And so when I think about the economic oh, wow. system of that, that is dope to me. And they have been extremely welcoming, extremely like when I see them on panels, um, supportive. They come out to if I have a talk, they'll come out. Um, I've also talked to uh, Bro Brothers out mm. of Louisville. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, they sent. Uh, I tried at the uh, Bourbon Festival. I tried their bourbon, and so like I've just had really, really good um, experiences. And I gotta say this: so I want you know I'm still getting new to bourbon, mm-hmm. but I went to the Bourbon Festival. Yeah. So <laughs> when is that? So when is that? Well, is- the first one was August of 2019, right. and then right. of course COVID hit. Um, but so I'm thinking like, oh, it's just going to be bourbon. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. It was bourbon, macaroni and cheese, bourbon fruit salad, bourbon tarts. Come on now. Um, skirt steaks soaked in different types of bourbon. And, what? Oh my, like it, if you're a foodie, it was like, and how, you know, and I was yeah, trying one to of, one Yeah. Of, <laughs> one of us is definitely a foodie. Oh, yeah. No. Me. I'm so a foodie. Three of us is definitely foodies. Yeah. <laughs> and I was trying to like do the nice, like they invited me to speak and they paid me to speak for the weekend. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go walk around this festival. Yeah. I was like offline. I'll send you guys the picture. I had like, <laughs> I was triple fisting. I had like steak <laughs> right here. It was the best experience ever. It was over 300 vendors set up. Oh wow! And, it, and is this a black bourbon festival or it's is not. it just a bourbon festival? It was okay. just a bourbon festival. festival. And it's in Louisville. It's in uh, Louisville. Frankfurt. 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 Oh, it's in Frankfurt. Mm-hmm. We got. Wow. Are they having it for twenty twenty one? I hope so. I hope so. Um, it was huge because the plug is vaccinated, so he could go. But me and Bill got to stay back. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in group four. Well, can, maybe can, maybe three three B. I hit you guys on Zoom live from the fest. Live from the fest. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds amazing. I'm definitely. Oh man, that sounds fantastic. Oh my god. So uh, go ahead, Dylan. No, I was just going to say. So you know, I've heard you say that you want to make sure that that black people stake their claim in the bourbon industry, right? And so, um, what what do you think are some things that some of these brands or distilleries can do to to make the industry more inclusive, to make it more of a big tent? Well, that's a good question. Number one, they could start, and I, I say this in the most loving but critical way possible. Um, don't only invite me during Black History Month. Facts. <laughs> Number one. Mm-hmm. Number yeah. one. Um, or don't even wait for racial trauma to happen in this country and all of a sudden you need diversity training. Number Thank two. You. Or you want to hear two. the African-American story because, yes. you know, we could talk about police brutality. We could talk about all those we could talk about all those things and black people are here before that, here in between that, here at, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Yep. Facts. So that's definitely my thing. And I, but I think outside of those two major critiques, the bourbon industry has been welcoming. Um, You know, I want to see what happens after the pandemic, Um, you Mm -hmm. know, archival work uh, does take me being there. Um, So I just, I want to see if, these companies who have reached out and say, hey, as soon as we can, you know, we're bringing it like, is that going to happen? And how are we how are we going to facilitate that? And, you know, uh, it can't just be a 30 minute conversation where you have your black executives in the front row clapping for me. Like what happens after this? You know what I mean? <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. And then, you know, I have also the 
Uh, dang, now, look, y'all, they're all starting to run together. I went, um, <laughs> you know, and I, I think about some of the companies and Black people, was it Brown Foreman? I can't remember. Describe the but bottle, we got just, you. Don't quote me on that one. So, <laughs> but we can't just have Black people in HR, mm-hmm. work in the yeah. plant. Mm-hmm. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, or I, not I think, I know we're chemists. We're and I'm not and I'm not definitely not because I'm a I'm a paper writer you know I'm not talking about anything about HR um, factory workers those are all valuable positions but we uh, companies have to look at institutions graduate programs that actually have like entice our students recruit our students to want to come work for you yeah. um, Kentucky State which is a historically black college North Carolina A and C Alabama and A and M. They all have uh, distillation and fermentation programs. Are these companies recruiting black chemists or black, you know, we can go outside of the bourbon. Are they uh, recruiting black people to come work on that side of the house? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, how are we recruiting? And then not only are we recruiting, but how are we retaining Cause you know what it is, you know what it is to be recruited, and then to be the only black face in the oh, room or in the yes. company, and then to be yeah, made feel you know so uncomfortable and be like, "Oh, it's time for me to go." Right. Of right. Course. Yeah. 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 All the time. So, have you ever been approached by? So, with the programs you speak of, distillation and and the chemical engineering, have have students ever come to you? Like, I don't know if this is a weird question, or just ask your opinion on if they should pursue that path. I. So I think, I don't, no, not really. Oh, uh, really? Not really because, you know, I'm a historian. Mm-hmm. Uh, fermentation distillation program is fairly new at Kentucky State. Mm-hmm. I know the Kentucky Black Bourbon Guild, they make a conscious effort to get black students in the program, in the yeah. program. Um, and that's, you know, that's their initiative. And, you know, like I said, I'm a, um, a company of one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I can't. <laughs> You know, I can't recruit, write, research, and you know what I mean? But if someone asks me, it's a billion-dollar industry. Yeah. Right. Um, it's one that we've been in since the beginning of time, and it's our right, and it's our time to get money. And, and yeah. what's interesting is that we we had a dis, like a distillery owner on this show, and mm-hmm. he has no Black employees, and he said he wishes he could hire a black employee. So yep. we should send that guy an email and say, you know what? They got young kids. Go to Alabama A and M, and North Carolina A and T, right? Which has the greatest homecoming ever, right? Yeah. Geo, yeah. yes, Geo, <laughs> yes, yep, yep. But but what's so powerful about what you said, and you you both said it, like you said it, Doctor Aaron. You said that you didn't know you could be a PhD because you had never seen one, right? Right. Uh, uh, WH, you said that you didn't know that black people drank bourbon until you saw Freddie Johnson in need. Right. right, right? right. And so it's really important that we make sure that we have role models and, mm-hmm. and we put these people in the forefront. Like I, I had a conversation with a friend about she didn't know that being an NFL referee was a possibility until she saw the lady in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. That's so what representation make sure. matters. Yeah, representation absolutely matters. Yep, so I absolutely. really appreciate, you know, what you guys are doing. Yep. Yeah, that's dope. Yep. And, and that's we just why, wanna... like, look, I'm getting into, like, now we can start a parenting podcast. But I'm, like, getting to, um, you know, I'm raising two little black girls. And yeah. I need them to see black doctors and lawyers and 
You know, um, that's why I drive to the other side of town so they can go here and do this. And their dentist, you know, their dentist is black because representation matters and they, they have to see it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, I think about my HBCU experience that my professors, my my president, you know, they were black. And I'm like, Look at these black people, they got doctorates and they're not medical doctors. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. <laughs> and that, that's my own ignorance. Yeah, no, um, no, absolutely. I get it. I get it. Yeah, I but it's awesome now that, that your daughters can see that, you know, they could be president one day. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. right. I, exactly. I mean, my kids were like, they were lucky enough to see a, a black president and now a black vice president, you know, and right. to me, that's yeah. monumental because this is what they've known. You know what I'm saying? And my right. daughter was actually born when um, Barack Obama was inaugurated. So that's all she yeah, knows. So, that's yeah, beautiful. right. So her, her first year, I mean, her first eight years of life, she only knew a black president. That's cool. Oh, that's yeah. So cool. yeah. yeah. And what, exactly. what's even cooler about Kamala, too, though, is that, you know, my one of my best friends is Indian and Kamala being, you know, of Indian heritage as well. Mm-hmm. You know, his kids are looking at her as that role model and representation, too. But um, do- Dr. Aaron, we kind of let you off the hook earlier on some we of did. our standard guest questions. Yeah, you know, because you the, got, the conversation was the so, conversation just bloomed. Well, not <laughs> only not not only that, I mean, she's a tequila girl, right? Well, that's yeah. OK. That's OK. Yeah. You know, so no, we I'm were, like learning like I'm a bourbon virgin, but I like I'm I'm going <laughs> I'm trying it and I'll like, you know what I mean? Like if you, if we all got together, yeah, I'll yeah. freeze again. All right. So, so nah, we I still mean, got you. No, okay. you good. You good. Yeah, you good. So we all got together and because you guys are, you know, the bourbon guys, you know, <laughs> black and brown, like I would drink bourbon, but. Yeah, but yeah, we're talking about. Yeah. After I took your shot, you would take my shot. Yo, definitely. Definitely. Nah, I don't do happen. tequila. Yeah. I don't do tequila. You could Uber. No, he got a story about Vegas that <laughs> no, you still no, haven't no, gotten. No, 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 it's, it's not Vegas. It's uh, Mexico. It's Mexico. Oh, Mexico. That's yeah, right. I had, yeah. A, yeah. I had a bad run in Mexico, so nah, no. <laughs> you just got to try it again. <laughs> I got to get back on that horse, huh? Yeah. yeah. So, so the two questions we left you off on. Um, so the second one is, if you were hunting a specific bourbon bottle, but since you're a tequila drinker, we can let you slide and say, is there a certain bottle of tequila you're looking for that's out there in the wild? Actually, no, not really. But there is a certain. So I have had Pappy. Oh, okay. What? Which one? Which one? Which one? Oh, I knew you were going to you know, ask me that. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, my so gosh. Like, like, you know, my number one is Pappy 15. So I don't remember. So look, I'll, it's in my notes, but I don't remember which one I had, but I had Pappy. And I remember the, um, when I had Pappy and I saw how much the shot was for one right. shot, I was mm. like, oh, what? I'm balling. Yeah. I just want a bottle just so when people come over, they can see the bottle. Yeah. Right. So you have how a was bottle? It, I do not. It? I said one shot. A one shot. Okay. I got how, how was it? Was yeah, it memorable? I mean, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, oh, sure. dramatic. She's like, eh. oh. She's like, eh. It's Pappy. Eh, eh, eh. <laughs> it's okay. Eh. <laughs> I mean, cool. Okay, so let's talk about that shot of Pappy because, you know, with our third question, you know, bourbon has a nose. Yeah, it has a nose, it has a palate, but we like to say it also has an ear. So what'd you get on the ear with that Pappy? Aaron, slow down. <laughs> so, brand Nubian, slow down. Yeah, yeah brand Nubian. Uh, grand grand Pooba Maxwell. Down, grand Pooba. Yeah, it, it gave me. Well, and by the time I had the shot of Pappy, I'd had like maybe one or two old fashions as well. Okay. Uh, um. Okay. 
So I, it, it gave me a slowdown vibe, and it was it was it was good. I think that I would love to have it. I, that was in my new in the beginning of my journey. I would love to have it now, mm-hmm. um, right? With yeah, more I've education, pepper, yep. um, bourbon education behind what I'm drinking. Now. Yep, same. You know what I mean, so I yep. need that experience. One, like one. Now that I know, I'm like I'm smelling. I'm right. I'm tasty, like now that I know that a little mm-hmm. bit, like mm-hmm. I would love that experience again. Yep, because it, you, because whenever I first started drinking bourbon, I mean, I mean, just soon after, uh, a friend of mine gave me, a, you know, a a, a pour of uh, Pappy, and I wish I can go back in time to have it again because I didn't appreciate it. You know, right. I didn't appreciate it. Yeah, I didn't. Wow. It was like, oh yeah, it was good. It burned. I yeah, mean, I and that's I mean, I, but but it was no flavor. It was no character. I didn't really get any of that. And I need that. to appreciate it. And right. to hear, yeah, um, I wish I'd appreciate it. Mr. Freddie Johnson talk about, you know, in his, uh, in his story, he talks about his father getting ready to pass away and that yeah. and right. like oh. family history with yeah. that one shot of Pappy. And I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, now I gotta, all right, so I gotta yes. have Pappy one. I gotta and his brother, and his brother too. His brother passed away as well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So did you? I mean, so when I mean, you know, uh, you know, getting back to conversation with uh, with with Freddie, did he talk about his grandfather? Like, you know, the guy that actually said helped develop the profile for uh, for Blanton's. Did so when I him? went to um, the tour, I do believe he talked about his grandfather, but I can't be for sure now because now the the research and doing it, you know, that's one of the first things you read as a black bourbon girl in Kentucky is the Freddie Johnson story. So I know the grandfather's story. Right. That's right. probably the story. And I started, you know, my first company was Buffalo Trace. Mm, right. Um, so that's where I've started. Uh, he has definitely talked about it, but that's like the first, of course I knew uncle nearest and just what I could Google about uncle nearest, but the first in my heart story is the, is the Fred is the Johnson family story. Right. Exactly. From the crying, the fish, and so how Colonel Blant wouldn't go anywhere without um, his grandpa, without Johnson. You know what I mean? And yeah. how he wanted him to fix, he could fix every barrel at the distillery. And so those right. stories have stuck. Yeah, the whole, yeah, the whole honey barrel process. That he, yeah. he knew what part of the Rick yeah. house that produced Blanton's, and, you know, and the I profile think- from there. I think what Delvin said earlier, any any name that deserves to be on a bottle of bourbon should be something like Johnson Family Estates, man, without question, out of Buffalo Trace. Mm. I really yeah. think that should exist. He got uh, root beer. He got even he got nah, root dog. Beer. That's not what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about, man. Now, <laughs> yeah. I think Dr. Gillian yeah. can make that happen. <laughs> you think yeah. I can make it? I don't I, I think would love make to. that happen. If that's, I make that happen, that'll be my world tour. That'd be awesome. That'd be that would be cool. So um I don't, I don't know if I, I don't have any more questions. I'm kind of, I don't want it to end. You know, I don't want it to go, but I have no more invite questions. Invite me back. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely going to invite you oh, back because. Uh, we want to do it like a, you know, like a live with you, man. When it, when it, we come to that, maybe that bourbon, <gasps> that bourbon festival. Yeah, we'll or like Charlotte or, Con- or Concord. Ooh, there you go. Yeah. That'd be dope. That but would so, be dope. So I was serious about, you know, telling the listeners how they can help out, you know, on the tip to help with your research. I mean, seriously, you know, you tell like the people a, out there. Tell the people out there how to get at you or, you know, if they want to help out some way to contact you and say, you know, give to your cause. Yeah. Well, let me start off saying this, like before we start, you know, during the uh, United Negro. <laughs> open, it's open. <laughs> I'm open for donations. And the next thing you know, I'm pulling up in my new Bentley. So before we like. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, you are real. For real. <laughs> this, is, um, this, is, this is great. Uh, like, you know, I just want people to reach out to me initially, even if they have a story they think I should, you know, if yeah. they have a story that they think I should tell or a rabbit hole I haven't gone down. And the best way, I don't know, um, the best way to do that is email me. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Can you guys, should I say it? Yeah, say it. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, this, yeah. This, is, yeah, yeah. this is how you want them to contact you. So okay, this is how you I can filter it. Yeah. Yeah, this is how I want you to contact me. It's Aaron, E-R-I-N dot Gilliam, G-I-L-L-I-A-M at K-Y-S-U dot E-D-U. Cool. Um, email me there and put black bourbon in the subject and I'm I'm going to get back to you. Right. And, you know, right. I just, you know, I hope people hear that. I hope when black people hear that, they realize that the most, the, the most important way or sometimes the only way we get our story heard is oral history. And that's yeah. going to take you calling me, you emailing me and letting me sit down with you and let me sit down with your family and your granny and go through your family pictures and your family church programs. And so I, oh, I wow. got to have people, I got to have people reach out to me, you know? That's yeah. awesome. Oh, that's so yeah. dope. That, that is, is so, oh my goodness, man. So the, everybody heard it here. She said she's going to come back. So we're going to do this again. We're going to talk one more time on Black and Brown. So she will be back in the future to so drop more gems on us and tell us how that book is going. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. To I'm, I can't I'm wait excited to read it. To read it. Uh, yeah. You know, just you with, a, do you have a name for the book? I don't. Um, that comes last. The title oh. always comes last. Yeah. Mm, I was just yeah. going to say the black story, but I mean, you know, I just, you know, it comes last. I got to see what my heart says, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So she, can put, she can put the black story in a dedication. Yeah. Exactly. I'll, I'll put y'all on there, but like, yeah, I don't know, but we'll, I'll come up with something. Um, we'll write the forward. All right. Hey, no, no, no. You were right before. All right, man. Wow. Hear me now. We committed. Wow. All right, there we go. Well, Dr. Gilliam, we appreciate you coming through and talking. Oh, man. To it's I such mean, a pleasure talking to you, Dr. Gilliam. Absolutely. I, I enjoy it. Um, it it doesn't even fit. It, it felt like we were sitting here talking for 10 minutes. Seriously. Yeah, it, it, it no, was a really short time. Yeah, it's eh, it's fine. You know, we keep going. If we were drinking, if we were drinking more bourbon, it'd be longer. Yeah, but, exactly. Um, we hope we didn't hold you too long. Um, like we said, from the team, from WH Delvin um, and myself, we appreciate you coming on. Hope the listeners got some value out of it, and hopefully they'll contact you and give you some some information to start you on some more journeys to keep telling the, the story of our people. Yeah, I hope so. And I really appreciate you guys for inviting me. Yeah, I appreciate you for um, for taking us on, and because because I know you say you know you know uh, you know this kind of fell in your lap. So this is not what you set out to do. So this is something that you took upon yourself, and you're running with it. So I you know I really appreciate that. This is the story of my people, though. You know what yeah. I mean? In yeah, every so. avenue. Absolutely. Delvin. All right, Delvin, okay. take us out, brother. All right, thank you, Doctor Aaron. Stay black and keep it brown. Ha, 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 ha.